Hey ghouls, Penny here with a special announcement. Next week will be the 100th episode of Ghoul's Night In. And instead of dropping in your podcast feed, we will be recording the episode live on Midge's YouTube channel. We're going to be answering prompts, sharing stories, and just having a lot of fun. Uh, So we hope you can join us. We will be live on Tuesday, September 5th at 7 p.m. Central on Midge Munster's YouTube. And then the recording will drop in the feed as usual later that week. You can find details in the show notes and on our Instagram. See you there. Goodbye. and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Penny, you and I just talked in our Midsummer Scream recap episode um, about a film. And in that episode, I said, well, I could do a whole episode about that. And so here I am doing a whole episode about that. <laughs> hey, I love when that happens. Uh, mostly because after, so I did a recent Instagram poll and it has come to my attention that a stark like number of people have not seen the absolute banger cult classic of a film, 2001's 13 Ghosts. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you have not seen 13 Ghosts. <laughs> I haven't, but I legit was like looking to see if it was streaming somewhere after we had <laughs> talked about it because I was like, I should see that, and I couldn't find it. Well, I hate to, I hate to uh, give you the Silence of the Lambs treatment that you gave me, but there are going to be some spoilers in this That's for Thirteen Ghosts. Fine. Bring it on, I'm ready. <laughs> um, but I intend to change today the the number of you who have not yet seen this movie, and I hope that this. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need someone to sell you on a film to watch it. And I hope yes. I can be that person for some of you today. So <laughs> uh, because let me let me tell you, Penny, this film has everything. This has Tony Shalhoub, which is all you should really need. First of all, uh, it's got Matthew Lillard and all of his glorious spit acting that we have Incredible. come to love. We've got Miss Honey from Matilda gone bad. We've got Raw Digga saving the day. It's just like an absolute favorite comfort movie of mine. Um, and it's, I love it because it is so just of its time. <laughs> um, which of course was the time that I was a, a young human starting to fall in love with spooky and horror. So um, it, I also love this movie because it has so much of its own lore and a lot of that gets so convoluted and confusing, which makes me love it even more because it's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into all of that today. But before we do, we need a little bit of history. Uh, so the first thing you need to know is that 13 Ghosts, the 2001 version, is a Dark Castle film. So if you're unfamiliar, Dark Castle is a production company that was formed in 1999 by a, a bunch of bigwigs that have, have really done the damn thing. So we've got Joel Silver from The All Matrix. Right. Uh, we've got Robert Zemeckis of Forrest Gump fame. Ooh. And we've got Gilbert Adler, uh, who did Tales from the Crypt. 
So we've got some real uh, heavy hitters here, and they came together to put Dark Castle on the map to focus specifically on horror films. And the name Dark Castle was a tribute to director William Castle, who uh, directed the original film, 13 Ghosts, hey. uh, which came out in 1960. So that film um, is one three ghosts, <laughs> whereas the 2001 remake, if you've ever seen the cover, is 13 spelled out. And then with like the number 13 as yeah. the P and the E, it's like the <laughs> stupidest. I'm sure it drives your like, what do you call that kerning with the lettering? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm sure it would drive you insane if you looked at it too long. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Dark Castle, they at first were focusing solely on remakes. And their first film was actually a remake of House on Haunted Hill, oh, uh, hey. which many of you listeners know is a 1959 Vincent Price classic, one of the the favorites of our own Pennifer Snark. Yes, ma'am. Uh, have you seen that remake, Penny? I have not, but I, <laughs> I, I have heard people say that they want to take a second look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, here's what I'm going to say. It is not a good interpretation of the Vincent Price film. Yes, <laughs> it has very little to do with that film. Um, however, it is it is a lot of fun and it is a uh, it was a strong first outing for dark castle in the sense that it really established their style and what they were bringing to the table mm -hmm. um to name a few other dark castle films just to get everybody on the same page of the feel that we're dealing with here um they also produced orphan okay. ghost ship which if you've seen uh. ghost ship <laughs> uh, a personal favorite, ghost ship. <laughs> the infamous ghost ship um another personal favorite of mine the 2005 remake of house of wax featuring one miss paris hilton mm -hmm. and of course gothica which is also um a cult classic so all of these kind of weird niche pieces that are not necessarily what people call good <laughs> <laughs> but are um just a benchmark of this early 2000s horror that yeah. was a breed all of its own and so that's where we're you're starting to see where we're headed with 13 ghosts <laughs> uh now like i mentioned 13 ghosts is a remake of a 1960s film now i actually have not ever seen the original 13 ghosts and i really need to um that's probably going to be actually maybe what i do tonight now that i've been <laughs> on a, a bender yes. reading about all this um stuff again but i do know that the the original uh, has basically the same storyline the gist of the film is that a a nephew who is struggling financially inherits a mansion from an estranged super eccentric uncle character As and you, do. Uh, you know how you get a, a big spooky house um but there are a few caveats one being that the family has to in order to inherit the mansion has to agree to live in the house and not sell it otherwise it mm -hmm. will be repossessed by the the state um and then the other small thing is that there are 12 ghosts trapped inside the house <laughs> ah <laughs> yeah no big oh, deal right you know, there's there's two regular stipulations <laughs> yeah just the normal caveats that you have to sign paperwork for when you move into a house it's totally normal yeah. uh, so that is also the case of the the 1960s film but in the the 2001 film we're looking at mostly the same plot line except it gets stupid in a really fun way 
where uh in the original film the ghosts have been like collected by the uncle who's like traveling the world and then they need the the 13th ghost to set them free um which is true in the 2001 film as well except here we've added a ridiculous steampunk technology like turn of the millennium age craziness into the mix (laughs) because (laughs) it's the early aughts and we can uh and that for me is what makes this movie extra fun um the house itself is a character and uh i mean i i love a spooky house film and this is at its core is a spooky house film um so our nephew in this instance is tony shalhoub who is named arthur criticos in this world and his two kids bobby and kathy and they have fallen into financial hardship after they lose their home in a house fire which unfortunately also killed the kid's mother and arthur's wife mm-hmm. um so they're we got a we got a grieving dad yeah. and his two kiddos we also have uh, as i mentioned raw Digga as the the nanny maggie uh, we'll get into her more later but she's iconic <laughs> <laughs> Um, but their luck seems to change. A lawyer shows up to tell Arthur that his deceased uncle that he was not super familiar with, Cyrus, has left him his entire mansion and fortune and all the goods. Um, and we learn in the opening scene of the film that Cyrus is this just wild old kook who <laughs> uh, has traveled the world collecting ghosts with the help of a psychic named Dennis Rafkin, played by our boy Matthew Lillard. Nice. Yes. Um, What we don't know until later, when Arthur and his family show up to the house, is that Cyrus has built this house specifically as a containment unit for these ghosts. And uh, first, I'll take a a little pit stop here to, to chat about the house in this film very different from any other house haunted house movie um it's almost kind of giving original house on haunted hill um yeah very modern sleek house um when they arrive the house is like completely made of glass that's like its whole deal (laughs) and tony shalhoub's character makes a really stupid offhanded comment about like okay kids first rule no throwing stones um but really really cool set design i i love the house is massively impractical there's like if you were actually inheriting this house and you walked into it you'd be like nobody lives here right like this this is not (laughs) a house like a show thing this is this is bizarre um so they they show up um when they get there matthew lillard is pretending to be an electrician (laughs) to like (laughs) gain access to the house and he's like yeah i gotta work on the grid you know um and we find out he's you know cyrus was supposed to pay him and he didn't pay him so he's trying to get access to get his dollar dollar bills um but shortly after everyone has entered the house uh the mechanism that starts the house gets set (laughs) off and everyone's trapped in the house um so that's kind of our our base and we learn through matthew lillard's character 
um, that Cyrus had basically built this house as a containment unit for the ghosts, um, both acting as a prison to hold them, but then eventually as a machine that is called the Ocularis Infernum or the Eye of Hell. Mm. Um, and that will basically use the energy of the dead to open a hell mouth and give Cyrus all this crazy power. You know, how villains be going after power <laughs> oh, always you know how they do yeah uh so in order to, for the machine to work cyrus needed 13 ghosts but um and the house is designed in a way that the ghosts are behind these glass panels that have latin inscriptions on them that contain them because the ghosts can't pass the like spells or inc incantation latin on the on the glass um but as the mechanism gets set off the ghosts slowly one by one start being released into the house with everyone trapped inside oh, shit. yes very scary um now for for myself and i think most fans of this film the ghosts are what make the movie so great um this is a really grade a example of practical effects in the early 2000s it, the film's effects are top-notch well, the practical effects are done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe I'm here. I'm like, I'm going to sell you on this. And I'm like, actually, it's ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> um, but one thing, one one note I will make here is that the editing of this film is very true to the, the man who directed this also directed Ghost Ship. And if you've seen either of these films, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, it's a lot of glitchy, like fast shot editing yeah. um so it, it it it's almost a bummer because the practical effects on these ghosts and the design of each character and the time they took with each ghost is really impeccable and then you actually don't see the ghosts that much yeah <laughs> it's, it's like the, the beetlejuice effect like they're not on screen very long um but there are 12 ghosts trapped in the house and each of them fit this archetype basically that uh, cyrus had to fill out each archetype of these 12 ghosts in order to get the the machine to work and the archetypes build out what is called the black zodiac so um so i will goth. say huh so goth. so goth yeah it's very goth. i was like um i i follow the black zodiac so literally like this movie's lore is amazing and i love it um i will say again this film barely touches on the ghosts themselves or their backstories, <laughs> which I think is it's a it's a disservice, honestly. Um, and I know right now something that also made me want to do this episode is um, Dread Central and some people have been putting out articles that there are talks about a a series, a 13 ghost series mm. that would dedicate an episode to each ghost and their backstory. Um and See, i'm very this, interested in that it, it's interesting to like actually be hearing you tell me what this movie is about because i had no i have no idea what this movie was and in the back of my head i was just like oh well it's probably like an anthology movie about right. 13 different ghosts and that's exactly <laughs> and you know i love anthology horror that's oh, a yes. trick or treat obviously is my favorite movie um so I think that's why I fell in love with this is because there is an anthology here. It's just not 
expressly not what they made (laughs) it's just not what they made but then i kind of love that they put all this like meaningless backwork into this film it's hilarious anyway um hopefully that series comes to pass but for now you'll have to get by with midge's abridged guide to the black zodiac (laughs) so the amidged so let's meet the ghosts shall we please uh, starting out with number one the firstborn son so uh in life the firstborn son is a boy named billy michaels and billy was a, a kiddo who was obsessed with cowboys and indians and playing western games and uh, he died from an arrow that was fired into his head by another boy during a game um Whoops. during a, a duel uh billy is so what you'll notice as we go through the zodiac here is like one starts pretty chill (laughs) um (laughs) billy is like spooky all the ghosts are spooky um he's spooky but he's pretty much harmless he he gives you a fright if you see him but he's like he's not he's pretty harmless uh and then they get severely more harmful as we move forward yeah because i I was like are these like just like people ghosts that are just chilling or are they like monster ghosts there are people ghosts um but they're people with horrific backstories Mm. most of them so here's here's your trigger warning for some some dark stuff coming up uh here towards the end but uh, if you don't if you if you're squeamish uh, so number two is the torso. Mm-hmm. Much uh, yeah, we we, we I jump really don't like fast. <laughs> we jump really fast from small child to the <laughs> like torso. Just a, a kid who had a you know a, a childhood mishap to the torso. <laughs> to the torso. Um, so the torso is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, he's a disembodied torso wrapped in cellophane. Uh, in life, the torso was part of the compulsive gambler named Jimmy gambino and uh gambino was also a bookie but his gambling then you know made it difficult for him to pay out the people he was Mm -hmm. booking for and uh and eventually ended up in trouble with the mob and was killed and cut up dumped into the ocean um something interesting about this ghost is that the torso is actually played by uh, actor daniel wesley who is a double amputee of his his legs and so um this actor does an excellent job um i mean he he kind of you know has he has his the way that they edit it he has like arms attached to the torso still and then his head is separate um but it's really well done effect because this actor actually knows how to use his body without yeah. his legs um and really haunting effect it, it's super super cool um number three is the bound woman the bound woman was in life named susan Legro, and she was a very like you know privileged cute rich popular cheerleader uh, type who was dating the captain of the football team uh, unfortunately, on prom night, he found her canoodling with another man yes. and had a pretty nasty reaction to that. He bludgeoned the other man to death and strangled Susan with his tie. Uh, again, we're getting most of these are still kind of just like sad ghosts. Like they're not super 
uh, they they don't do a lot. They're not like attacking people. Just like yeah. oh, that's 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 that too sucks. bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sucks. Um, but I I feel like they did a good job of because the energy of this ghost, the the ghosts are supposed to be powering the house. Um, it's different types of residual energy. So some of them are like sad, some of them are angry. Yeah, no. Um, number four, the archetype is the withered lover. <laughs> Y'all want a twist? <laughs> Get ready for it. So this is a, a part in the movie that I think they wanted to go harder than it did. Like, I think we're all supposed to be like, <gasps> but I, it, it doesn't really have that effect. <laughs> um, but uh, this ghost is Jean Criticos. You might recognize that name from being the main character's the last mom. name also. So yes, this is the wife of oh, Arthur. Shit. Um, and as previously mentioned, Jean died from uh, their house catching on fire on Christmas when a rogue fireplace log rolled out and caught their presents on fire and caught the tree in the house and all that. Um, so this adds an interesting layer to the ghost aspect because the kids uh, do kind of they're getting lured through the house by like malicious ghosts, but then also their mom is there and is trying to protect them, even though we don't see that until later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Arthur gets to eventually confront his wife. And uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting plot point. It's not quite as emotionally effective as I think they thought it was <laughs> with, <laughs> with all the other extreme camp happening around it but um but it is interesting and when arthur finds out that um his wife is one of the ghosts that his uncle trapped there he is not happy no that's not that's not a cool uncle move it's not a cool thing to do (laughs) um and i i'm now i'm having trouble remembering i believe that it's possible that the idea is thrown around that like arthur made that happen because he needed that ghost Oh. like that he might have been responsible for gene's death for fire, i don't yeah. yeah i don't remember for certain if that's true but that's seeming to me like that was part of the plot um <laughs> a lot of details get lost I was, in here. I was gonna say, the fact, it's like the fact that we've got like 13 ghosts uh seems like you're, you're gonna lose some of the finer points of some uh, of these. The, the fine <laughs> details are messy at best um so number five is the torn prince the Torn Prince was Royce Clayton in life. He was a gifted baseball player in high school, and uh, that is why his ghost in the film is often shown holding a baseball bat as his weapon of choice. Uh, he was destined to be an all-star player. Unfortunately, uh, that did not happen because fate threw a curveball at Royce when he was 17. A also it's important to note i forgot to say he he's from like the 1950s so he's in like his little leather jacket and he's very like um so a greaser challenged him to a a drag race and uh unbeknownst to royce the opponent had cut his brake line and so royce loses control of the car resulting in an accident that ended his life and tore a large amount of flesh from his chest and face hence the torn prince yeah Number six, a personal favorite, the angry princess. Uh, This is probably the, there are two ghosts in this film that I feel like even if you've never seen this film, you probably would recognize them if you saw them. And angry princess is one of them. Uh, In life, she was Dana Newman and was an incredibly beautiful woman. There's several comments uh, from characters in the, in the movie about how she was like beyond beautiful 
when she was alive. Um, but unfortunately, everyone thought she was beautiful except herself. And so she was uh, working for a not cosmetologist. Is that right? Good <laughs> no, name. that's a makeup person. <laughs> yeah, um, she worked for a, like a plastic surgeon. Oh, a cosmetic surgeon. Cosmetic surgeon. Yes, thank you. Um, and she was constantly, you know, trying to change her appearance. She would have basically be paid by her work in plastic surgery, trying to fix imperfections that didn't exist. And she just had a string of of bad relationships and things that destroyed her self-image so um after a while she started trying to self-administer surgeries after hours in the clinic where she worked and botched her own facial surgery leaving her blind in one of her eyes and disfigured her face um at which point then dana took her own life uh, with a butcher knife because she was convinced she would never be beautiful it's very sad um so dana the angry princess is like i said one of the ghosts that gets the most screen time she has a whole scene in a bathroom with uh the daughter kathy that's very cool and very spooky um she's also just because she died in a bathtub she she's she's naked and so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we see some some ghost girl boobies um which i think is uh, because of how the 2000s were with horror probably why angry princess has the most screen time however uh her prosthetics and things are actually very cool and she's very very spooky so uh one of one of my faves uh number seven is the pilgrimess this is isabella smith who was a victim of the salem witch trial hysteria and she was accused basically of witchcraft because her village's livestock started dying Mm -hmm. and you know like you do you say well it's probably that woman's fault must be (laughs) because my sheep is dead um so she was sentenced to death by burning and they put her in a barn set it on fire however she didn't die she came out unscathed um but then everybody was like she is a witch which i mean at that point fair Um, yeah it's pretty sus yeah sus sus isabella um so they put her in stocks and left her there to die of starvation so when you see the pilgrimess in the house in 13 ghosts she is still locked in the stocks she's very very spooky we hardly see her on screen at all and it makes me bummed because she's very cool her design is awesome and uh this is what brought up us doing a a thing about this film was because the pilgrimess uh cosplayer at midsummer scream was so awesome and i was so excited that someone did that as a cosplay because she's not featured very heavily in the film very cool. It was a very cool cosplay. Yes, did a great job. Uh, eight and nine go together. They are the great child and the dire mother. So um, these two are mother and son. Margaret Shelburne is the mother who was a little person who worked at a carnival sideshow with her son, Harold, who is just a very big boy. And that uh, unfortunately is a result of Margaret being assaulted by another member of the sideshow called the tall man. Mm. Um, So her son is a very, very large man. Um, But he is featured often in a a diaper and with like food dribbling down his chin and and, uh, chest because she's treating him as a a baby still. Um, So they have a 
very dependent relationship in life and as like i hate the way that this is worded and so many of the backstories are like as a prank some of the freaks murdered margaret <laughs> like <laughs> you know ha -ha. classic prank classic <laughs> where's ashton like that's hilarious um so harold the, the son obviously then went berserk and used an axe and killed most of the other um people who were part of the sideshow who had hurt his mother that seems fair yeah and then he himself was killed later by a, a, an angry mob for going crazy um but you know, I get it. I also would go axe crazy if people were like, LOL, we killed your mom. <laughs> Funny prank. <laughs> it was a prank. Uh, number 10 is the hammer. Uh, this is where we're starting to enter the like really dangerous angry ghost territory. Mm. Um, now, the hammer is probably one of my favorite ghosts. He He's one of the most dangerous, but his story is also the saddest. Um so he was born George Markley, and he wasn't a bad person in life. He was a blacksmith in a small town and was falsely accused of theft by a white man who threatened Ooh. to banish him from the town that he lived in. And knowing that he was innocent, George stood up to the accuser and refused to leave the town, was like, I'm a good man. I work. I do. I mind my business. I'm not leaving um and then as horrible people often do the man who accused george beat his wife and children to death to send him a message and in a grief-fueled rage george took his sledgehammer and killed the people who killed his family which honestly also fair. fair yeah <laughs> i would i would yeah i get it um but when the town discovered what George had done, they dragged him back to his shop where they tied him to a tree and drove railroad spikes through his body with his own sledgehammer Jeez. and killed him that way. And then they, as a final FU, because they're terrible people, um, cut off his hand and replaced it with his sledgehammer. So he, again, very cool character design. He's yeah. like covered in railroad spikes and has a hammer for an arm. He's very scary. Um, but very, very sad backstory. Um, number 11 is the Jackal, which is uh, the other cosplayer yes. we saw in, at Midsummer Scream. And this was the other ghost when I mentioned the Angry Princess. This is the one I feel like most people probably recognize the Jackal, even if you've never seen the movie. Um, so the Jackal was born Ryan Kuhn in 1887. And he's, um, unlike the hammer, he's a, a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad guy. Um, he was violent and sadistic before he became a spirit. He was a vicious and compulsive sexual predator and serial killer. Um, he did, however, I guess this is supposed to be maybe a redeeming quality. He did seek help for his actions and okay. checked himself into an asylum um and asked for like mental help um but rather than trying to treat him the facility locked him away where he slowly lost his mind he scratched at the walls until his fingernails fell off so they put him in a straight jacket and that point he started biting people so they put a cage on his head and that's probably the design that people like recognize mm -hmm. most from 13 ghosts is him in his straight jacket with his cage head and his he kind of his face kind of looks like Reagan from The Exorcist. Like he's all <laughs> I thought you meant Ronald Reagan. He kind of looks like Reagan, <laughs> looks, which I was like, yeah, I guess he'll try to bite you and then teach you about trickle down economics, like, and it's evil. horrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most horrible thing we could think of, Ronald Reagan. Like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> 
Uh, no, he kind of looks like Rigan from The Exorcist. Yes. All right. Um, but uh, he eventually died in the asylum when it burned down. It there's an interesting like discrepancy here where the the story is kind of convoluted that he like chose not to escape because no one else died in the asylum fire, but he like let the flames claim him because he was being punished for his sins. Okay. Which like honestly yeah bud sorry sure. <laughs> yeah you, you rape and kill you gotta you gotta go um but he is definitely the most like volatile spirit and he he be attacking in in the movie he's very like <laughs> rah, 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 rah. uh and then number 12 the big boy uh what if that was the archetype name big boy i was gonna say woo, we already have <laughs> a big boy more or less this is the juggernaut Ooh. uh the juggernaut is horus breaker mahoney um he was the he's kind of the final boss of the black zodiac uh coming in at over seven feet tall Ooh. horace was also a serial killer who would pick up hitchhikers and offer rides to stranded motorists only to take them back to the junkyard he worked at and tear them apart with his bare hands uh, yeah big boy <laughs> um so horace eventually got caught his seventh to be victim turned out to be an undercover police officer who had a SWAT team surround the junkyard and try to arrest Horace. Um, but Horace broke free of the handcuffs and killed three police officers before he was gunned down. And then at the end, they fired rounds into his corpse just in case, because they kept shooting him and he wouldn't, he wouldn't go down. Uh, so his ghost often, not often his ghost always appears as um covered in bullet holes and he's like big and scary and wearing his junkyard bowler shirt thing <laughs> uh so those are our those are our 12 ghosts now two things here um like i said all these ghosts whether dangerous or not are very scary to look at um that being said one of the fun like goofy little caveats of 13 ghosts is that you can't see the ghosts unless you're wearing special glasses so, <laughs> uh, which actually this is this is also in the 1960s film that's why this was not added um which i didn't know i you're assumed like, you know this was special glasses <laughs> some special little goggles um i thought this was added for the 2000s film because it's so stupid <laughs> um and it's just so like 2000s like put on these crazy right. like these cool goggles, put on man. these spy kids glasses and you'll be able to see the ghosts um but yeah that is from the original script and right. uh, it does add a fun like element of suspense because there are, are moments where you know we as the audience also can't see the ghosts because char characters can't see them but we can hear and like we know they're there it's very mm -hmm. spooky spooky um so that's you know but again then it also adds this element where we don't see the ghosts that frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and as you can see by all that, what, 10 minutes of history of all these ghosts I just read, um, that that's not really addressed in the film ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all these backstories were written and we don't really, we don't really use them. We do have one moment where uh, Miss Honey, uh, who is named Kalina in this, uh, gives us like a rundown of the black zodiac but she just gives us the archetypes pretty much she doesn't really tell us what Sigh. what these people got going on um in that same moment 
when she's describing these ghosts. Um, secondly, here you might notice that I only listed 12 ghosts, but that's not the name of the that's movie. That's not this movie. That's not what it's called. And so through this um, moment with her run, running down what all we need to make the house work, it is revealed that uh, the 13th ghost that Cyrus needed, the archetype is called the Broken Heart, which is a ghost that must be a person who sacrificed themselves in an act of love. And as the film progresses, we learn that that is why Arthur is in this house. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, because supposedly uh, Cyrus, who is, you know, dead, wink, wink, who he, wink, 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 wink inherited this house from, um, is not so dead. And when Arthur... Uh, basically he you know used that to lure arthur here and puts arthur's children in a dangerous position with the ghosts and the oculus mm -hmm. um assuming that arthur will then sacrifice himself to save his family therefore completing the spell uh so that's the the overall plot um i mean obviously we have a few spoilers in there <laughs> cyrus isn't dead whoa <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. um just so you, i mean I'll, I'll let you know they don't do a good job of convincing you he ever was so it's okay um, <laughs> um, i was gonna say i mean i feel like that's always kind of your first question when right, you're like oh you're wow like, oh, my mysterious my, person, my dead mis uncle my mysterious uncle who built this elaborate ghost trap <laughs> right exactly <laughs> happened to die and it's like oh well and leave it to that. me who, who i've never <laughs> spoken to yeah seems seems legit um I won't spoil the like ending ending of the film because I do really think that y'all need to just go take a watch. Um, I, per what Penny was just saying, I do believe it is currently streaming on HBO Max and Paramount Plus. I think are, is where you can watch yeah. it. Um, but also you can rent it on Amazon. Sure. Um, just I will say in conclusion, I, I know this movie will not be for everybody, and I here i feel like i was like i'm gonna sell it and then i just gave you a bunch of crazy plot points about something wild um but if you are into weird like fun horror this is a must watch it really it's so campy um it's just a beautiful time capsule of early 2000s horror it's schlocky it is legitimately scary at some parts um and again matthew lillard <laughs> how can you say no i mean how can you say tony no? shalhoub's a good one too tony shalhoub uh, matthew lillard does save this movie his <laughs> i i love tony shalhoub but the script is really doing nothing for him but yeah i but... would say it doesn't sound like it's a super fun role for him no when you describe matthew lillard as a, a psychic who's pretending to be an electrician i was like all right i'm already sold but he's I'm gonna in. be chewing yeah. that up <laughs> yeah his character is like purely outrageous and i just love I just love watching him go nuts on a script he knows isn't that great. Like, <laughs> it, it's so good. Um, also, again, I'm going to come back around to the unsung hero of this film also is Raw Digga, um, which, I, as I mentioned, she plays the, the family's nanny, Maggie. And if you don't know Raw Digga, she was a, a rapper and she's an actress. She's so freaking funny in this movie and she saves everybody's butts. <laughs> and 
spoiler, but like she is one of the few examples we have of a black female character as a final survivor of a two thousands horror film. Oh yeah, um, not final survivor, but I mean, but makes it is a survivor. She is there in the end, yeah, and like kicks butt the entire time. So um, we love Maggie, great character, and there's there is some really really fun character development in this film, even though the i was gonna say the focus is the plot but that's also not true just watch it <laughs> just watch it you just it. gotta experience it just man make a snack make a drink buckle in and have a great time uh if you want just overall uh, some juicy goofy somewhat nonsensical but utterly perfect 2000s horror check out 13 ghosts and then come back here and let me know what you thought of it because i, I really do think premise wise it's one of the most interesting film premises i've seen to date um and i really 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 hope we actually get that prequel anthology because that i think would be like the icing on top to be able to watch that and then go into 13 ghosts with the knowledge of the ghost i think would just make it excellent delish delicious well you you've Uh, convinced me that i need to check it out mitch (laughs) good good i did also i was gonna say i I did read that um it looks like if that anthology is happening it is going to be produced through dark castle um, which i think is a necessity even though i hope they do like i mean elevate it because it was 2001 obviously it would be better (laughs) um and i i i am adamant i've been talking about this with some people online that like they're like well i don't know if i'm excited about it or you know because sometimes you ruin a, a good thing yeah um i'm in as long as they keep all the effects practical i do not want to see a single cgi moment on these ghosts but i think it being through dark castle they would preserve the integrity of that and so it it will still have like the feeling of the film i think so i'm excited about that yeah i feel this is completely random but it feels as you were describing it to me i was like it sounds like this is like the opposite of jaws where (laughs) they're like (laughs) effects were fucking up so they were like uh don't show the effects and it ended up being a better movie because of it and this is one where it's like we did all this work on the effects you should have shown more of the effects (laughs) i just yeah you know somewhere the like costume designer and makeup artist for this film are just like what the hell man (laughs) we'll we'll fuck my drag drag. (laughs) literally yeah i want to see a hundred percent more of the ghosts that's my my one complaint but it also is super effective because it i think it does leave you wanting more which it doesn't have a ton going (laughs) i promise it's good it's just also good because it's stupid and that's It, it, it's, it's good to go in with with open open eyes go in with low expectations <laughs> and then have a great time <laughs> well thank you all for letting me uh delve into this I, I really do love this film it's a lot of fun and it's a great spooky season watch so as we taper into the the fall times put it on your watch list and if you enjoy it let me know if you enjoy this podcast we would love to know Uh, you can let us know by reviewing and rating us wherever you listen and if you're very lucky we might read it right here live on ghouls night in wow i believe that penny has a review to share with us today i sure do mitch uh this five-star review comes from aloe 83 uh, and it's titled spooky love This is my new favorite podcast. 
I'm late to the game, but look forward to each new drop. I'm a closeted spooky ghoul and love the silly convo and spooky topics discussed each week. And I'm already planning a 2024 trip to Midsummer Scream with my spooky bestie. Oh, yay! Incredible. Uh, well, we hope we see you there in 2024, yeah. my friend. Yeah, as long as we're there and you're there, come find us. Say hello. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, definitely be sure to, uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review there. Or if you cannot listen, or if you cannot listen to us, <laughs> if you cannot uh, review where you listen, you can always send us a DM over on Instagram and follow us over there. We are at Ghoul's Night in Pod. And if you are looking for me, you can find me across the web at Midge Munster. And you can find me at Penny Snark. And until next time, good, good.